Hello and welcome to Jade Talks Travel. I'm your host, Jade Jackson, and I'm a freelance travel writer, podcaster and photographer with a background ranging from travel agent, cruise ship employee, airline ticket issuer, teacher of travel and tourism, and I've also travelled to almost 60 countries. I'm here to share my knowledge, provide travel inspiration, and help you to travel independently. From time to time, I'll also have on some guests, but as you could imagine, tracking down travellers in different time zones whilst they're on the go is a tricky process. But I'm working really hard on lining up some more interviews in 2020. In today's podcast episode, it would be weird if I didn't mention the coronavirus. First, it has nothing to do with Corona beer, which is currently ranking on Google, which is probably a scarier thought. Information about coronavirus is changing rapidly. Just today, the World Health Organization has declared a global health emergency. What's important to remember is coronavirus isn't a Chinese virus. This isn't a, we should ban all Chinese travellers. The coronavirus is a flu-like contagion causing pneumonia, which just so happened to originate in Wuhan in China. However, it's from the same family as the common flu virus. Before the World Health Organization announcement, China put a ban in place, temporarily banning its citizens from booking overseas tours along with flight and hotel packages. The news may be welcomed by those in fear, but it's also important to think about the greater implications of this on tourism. Already, stock markets are trending downwards, with China Eastern Airlines down 7%. Many other airlines are reducing their schedules, not just to China, but globally as demand reduces. As a former travel agent, I worked on September 11. I saw SARS... Afghanistan, Iraq and Assyria happened. I was working in tourism when MH370 disappeared and MH17 was brought down, plus many other crashes. I was working in tourism through the global financial crisis, along with seeing numerous companies and airlines go bust. Tourism has seen it all. Coronavirus is no different to any other disaster. In every travel ban, there's winners and losers. Shanghai Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland have both been temporarily shut as a safety precaution. Maybe inconvenient for any current travellers, but what's being forgotten or overlooked is the importance of China to tourism markets worldwide. Not saying we should put profits over people by any means, but I don't think a lot of people realise, or maybe they've forgotten, how far-reaching tourism actually goes. I've previously written about the emergence of Chinese airlines and their effect on airfare prices, especially from Australia and New Zealand to Europe. However, with coronavirus travel bans in place, what happens when these already discounted airfares don't have the Chinese passenger numbers to remain profitable? How long can the Chinese government keep them propped up? What will happen to global tourism? Chinese airlines are highly competitive, offering flights to Europe from Australia for under $1,000, including bags and meals. I've seen Sydney to Rome for like seven eighty return. Previously, the cheapest flight you could get to Europe was in the realm of about 1500 in uh, shoulder season. So they've pretty much almost half the cost of flights. 
I've got a couple of graphs, which I'll include links to in the show notes, but basically Chinese tourists have continuously outspent all other countries whilst traveling abroad for the past few years, and this trend was expected to continue well into the next decade. Removing one entire source of tourists from the chain is a massive chunk out of the tourism money pool. When you also add a reduction of tourists from other countries, fearful that travelling could put them at risk of contracting the coronavirus, we're now talking massive numbers. Hundreds of millions of travellers no longer travelling because of one tiny microscopic virus. I know there's been calls to ban all Chinese travellers and ban all travel to or from China out of fear the virus will spread. But the wider implications of this mean many small businesses, including hotels, tour companies, restaurants, attractions and activities, even supermarkets and pharmacies may be forced to shut down as a result of the reduction of business any ban on Chinese travellers, or indeed any travel ban, will have. In the Blue Mountains where I live, just a short trip west of Sydney, busloads of Chinese tourists arrive every day at Echo Point to see the Three Sisters rock formation. However, they also stop at local eateries, souvenir shops, and visit local supermarkets, purchasing chocolates, vitamins, and beauty treatments. Just on the news this morning, it was reported there have been tens of thousands of cancellations to the Gold Coast over the Chinese New Year period mostly Chinese tourists, as a direct result of the travel bans in place. When I lived in New Zealand, Chinese tourists accounted for the largest growth of visitor arrivals in New Zealand. They were the biggest spenders, and the word-of-mouth component was crucial for future tourism growth. As part of my job, I travelled to many small New Zealand towns, and there are a lot of tourism operators that were fearful they were overly reliant on Chinese tourists, They were considering and talking about investing in advertising for other big population markets like Indonesia, India and Brazil, which also have growing middle class populations. But that doesn't solve the short term dilemma of where to gain new tourists overnight from temporary bans as a result of the coronavirus or potential future contagions. In Australia, many towns are already suffering as a result of the recent bushfires and drought which hit during the peak domestic tourism months of December and January, are facing a triple whammy with a drastic reduction of international visitors because of the coronavirus. This could spell the end for many small Australian businesses, myself included. My photography business in November was bustling and normally December, January, February is quite busy, but it's been really quiet. It's not just direct tourism. Chinese students are the biggest source of income for many universities, as is the case in Australia. And while they're studying, most students are also tourists, venturing out on weekends. Whilst there's no current cure or vaccine for coronavirus, there is a group of Queensland researchers who are part of an international team urgently attempting to find a vaccine. They've been given 16 weeks. Usually they'd have three years. Until a cure is found, or at least a vaccine, to prevent the spread of coronavirus, unfortunately travel bans may be the only logical solution to halt the spread of the potentially deadly virus, besides, of course, frequent hand-washing, face masks and hand sanitizer. But it's also crucial 
to familiarise yourself with how infection spreads. It's not airborne yet. You're unlikely to catch it from walking past someone. Once the virus leaves the body, it doesn't live long. The main source of infection is frequent close contact with someone who is infected, such as if they sneeze directly onto your face. But panic and knee-jerk reactions does not help anyone. It's also important to remember that the virus is not a death sentence. There have been people who have contracted it and recovered. Most of those who do come into contact with it will recover. As usual, like any flu virus, those at most risk already have lung or health issues, but of course, always check your media sources thoroughly and refrain from falling for social media fake news. And also don't forget, this isn't a Chinese virus. It can affect anyone. It's not solely contracted by Chinese or Asian people. Yesterday in Sydney, a guy had a heart attack and died because no one would perform CPR on him out of fears he may be infected with coronavirus simply because he was Asian. I was in China in 2003, having completed the Trans-Mongolian Railway when SARS broke out. At the time, Beijing was considered safe, as the virus was only in the southern parts of China. All the locals in Beijing were wearing face masks. And two days after I left China, Chinese media finally came clean that actually, the virus was found all over China, and the number of reported cases was ten times what had been reported previously which is kind of similar to what has happened with this outbreak. The day after I left China, I was in Tokyo, in Japan. I felt ill with a fever and delirium. I was terrified I'd caught SARS, but within 24 hours, I was fine. I had caught a virus. Thankfully, it wasn't SARS, or if it was, I survived. I quietly laughed to myself whilst I was in Beijing that locals were being over the top with face masks, having never encountered a global epidemic before. But of course, it's always better to be safe than sorry. But an important thing to remember is, where is SARS now? Until coronavirus, it hadn't been mentioned in years. One winner out of the travel bans is endangered wildlife. As the source of the deadly contagion was a market in Wuhan, selling both raw meat and live animals, the transportation and selling of these has been restricted in the aftermath of the coronavirus, with a ban on all live wildlife in markets, restaurants and online marketplaces. It won't necessarily save them all, but it will give them some breathing space. Although I just hope it won't cause a spike in black market sales. But as an optimist who's worked in a tourism industry through 9-11, SARS, multiple wars and invasions, global financial crisis, air crashes, the one constant is people will always travel. So whilst disasters and outbreaks of new diseases like the coronavirus or future new threats that may arise will affect tourism in the short term, it's not all doom and gloom. Eventually, things will bounce back. It's just a matter of how long that will take. The question is, how long before it's safe to buy Chinese airline stocks again? I'm not a market expert. I'd say four to six weeks from now just before a vaccine is conveniently announced. How has the coronavirus affected your travel plans? Are you not travelling abroad? Are you staying domestic? Are you stuck in China? Get in touch! You can contact me via my website, jadejackson.com.au You can find me on Twitter at 
Jadikins Jackson. You can also find me, I've just set up a separate Twitter feed for all the travel deals that I've been putting out lately, uh, which is Jade Talks Travel. So you can find that. It's only new, so there's not many followers, but there's a lot of cool stuff on there already. You can find me on Reddit at Jadikins Jackson, and I've also set up a... I should have done Jade Talks Travel on Reddit. That was dumb. Anyway, I've set up a Reddit feed called Independent Travel, which is a forum... Uh, where there'll be all sorts of information about travelling independently, plus flight deals and packages as well. So make sure you go and sign up to that. If you've got some tips to add, make sure you post them there. You can find me on Facebook at Jadikins Jackson, J-A-D-E-K-I-N-S-J-A-C-K-S-O-N. And if you head to my website, jadejackson.com.au, make sure you check out the Travel Deals tab. There's amazing flight deals, and I'm not going to mention it on the podcast because they only last a few days. So uh, if you want the most up-to-date stuff, go to my website, Twitter, or Reddit, JTalks Travel or Jadikins Jackson. And if you just want to say hi, send me an email from my website, jjackson.com.au. Thank you very much for listening to this special edition podcast episode about the coronavirus. I'll be recording other podcast episodes today about other destinations, so look out for those. Thank you very much for listening to J Talks Travel. Bye-bye now.